Welcome to show 151. Today's show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free healthcare clinic located at 1717 Centennial Boulevard in Springfield, Oregon. We're in suites four and seven. We are offering healthcare for all because healthcare truly is a human right. Check us out at www.occupy-medical.org. And get healthy now with Candace. Get healthy now, connecting people with plants to transform lives. If you want to learn more about herbal healing with Candace, uh, check it out at gethealthynow.com. All right, Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers, putting your your marketing ideas to reality, whether you need a website, e-commerce site, or just a brochure, they can help you out. Reach them at huntercreation.com. And Sue Sierra Lupe Consulting. Yes, Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting is a, a consulting business that offers services to people that have chronic illnesses. They already have their diagnosis and they want some help managing that. And I will work with people that have prescriptions or don't have prescriptions. And we can talk about custom formulations. I also do in-person and online distance consultations. Check me out at sue at practicalherbalist.com until further notice <laughs> <laughs> all right so today we're talking about sacred science by nick polizzi and what we have done this week in our own sacred jungle so now here are your hosts candace hunter and sue sierra lupe i'm candace hunter and i'm sue sierra lupe and, and welcome, welcome to, to real, real herbalism, herbalism radio. radio that was a delightful conversation with nick wasn't it it really was yes yeah. he was i i in Enjoyed listening to it a second time, and he, you know he's got a very pleasant demeanor, and his the ventures that he has been through are just crazy. Yeah, like he's really been through a lot coming from the background that he went through, and then you know doing his documentary work, which does lead people around the world. Sure, yeah. That's One of the things sure. I thought he was just really—he's kind of inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, makes you really think and, and want to look deeper at. At life and herbs and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walking through the thing that he was talking about that really struck me was something that I also kind of struggle with is working with people that really are working hard at healing mm-hmm. and how that to me, it just pulls me in. And I know there's that piece where you need to have distance, but it's, it's, uh, a struggle that hurts both the patient and the person that's offering the healer and the person that's just standing by, you know, the support person, which was him at that case. And you just want everyone to be happy and healthy, but it's a journey to get there. It is. It is. It's a journey. And sometimes the best medicine is the patient, just being patient, that is watching mm-hmm. and being ready to just be there. But standing witness to the work the individual is doing. Yep. Yep. Even though it's really hard to, to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think that the other part is allowing people to have space so that they know if they don't get it right the first time, that's okay. Yeah. It's work in progress. Yeah. Life is a work in progress. Yep. Nobody's born perfect. Right. And I know. Well, I mean, they are, but it depends on what way you want to look right, at it. Right, I but. guess. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, there's just 
nobody wants to see suffering. Right. Nobody wants to see that. And we have this inclination to just fix it. Yeah. But sometimes our ideas of what will fix fix it isn't the fix. It's the process itself that is the most important part. Yeah. Truly, I think the journey is the important part in life. It's not really the destination. The destination gives us motivation, mm-hmm. gets us moving. And the dream or the goal is something that you want to reach for. So it causes the growth. But the growth and the healing happens when you put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would you ever want to be a person that goes to another country and does that kind of work in another country? You mean if I needed that kind of healing, like uh, that level or of healing? To or to offer that kind of healing in another, another space like that? I would be incredibly humbled if I was invited to do something like that. I can't even imagine what it would be like mm-hmm. to have someone invite me to do that. Right. Do you know? Yeah. I know with disaster relief, herbalists have been going overseas yeah. and helping out in like refugee camps and different different venues like that. I know a lot of people that are like um, herbalists without borders, for example, are doing things like that. Yeah. The crisis herbalism is not something that I know I'm equipped to do. Right? I know that's not something I'm equipped to do. I can't. I, I would end up hurting myself in the process of trying to help others. Mm -hmm. And when you hurt yourself in the process of helping others, you're not doing any good for anybody. Yeah. It's like that whole thing about the, when the airplane on the airplane, when the little airbags come down, Mm -hmm. you take care of yourself, then you take care of those around you, but always take care of yourself first. And if I went into a crisis zone like that, I would be wiped up. I mean, I'd be destroyed really, really fast. Mm-hmm. My reserves would not be there for that. Yeah. There are so many different types of herbalism. We, at the clinic, because we're doing like an urgent care kind of stuff, mm-hmm. there have been a number of herbalists that have come through and they've been eager to help, but it, they are trained in one type of herbalism, which is the hour long yeah. um, intake yeah. kind of herbalism. And that's not what we have available at Occupy Medical. No, you guys are doing like emergency room. It's emergency room stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there are plenty of people that have been through and like, I wasn't trained how to do this. I don't, Mm you know, I have all of the, you know, 300 herbs or whatever that I'm used to working with. And you guys are working with a much smaller amount of them. And the types of things that you're working with is the conditions are way out of, out of my comfort range. Right. And they're great herbalists. Oh, it's yeah. It's just you, yeah. you have to know the type of herbalism that you're comfortable with and yeah. just do what you do and do it well. Well, and you need to know yourself too. I mean, for me, it's not that I couldn't be good at doing that. It's that my nervous system could not withstand that kind of bombardment. I mean, I, I need – my nervous system can't handle that. Mm-hmm. I'm a really sensitive person, so – Jumping into the middle of a battlefield is really, really stupid for someone like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not equipped for that. Right. But if you want to talk about working with subtle energies and helping someone, helping a single individual working through, you know, on a longer time frame, working through perhaps some really challenging conditions, mm-hmm. but where I've got, where I have my support system is in place then I'm great. <laughs> but yeah. but I need to be able to, you know, downtime, decompress, move away from it. I mm-hmm. would pick up way too much baggage and way too much 
energetic baggage yeah. in that environment. Yeah, it's true. That's a that's an issue. It's mm-hmm. an issue. Having a very supportive team helps out with that a lot. I mm-hmm. don't know. I know I've done this a few times where I've gone through and it's just been like me in a dock. Right. You know, trudging through the snow with a little Sherpa bag. Right. But I really prefer to have a larger team at mm-hmm. my back. Yeah. You know, and, and working to be the back for that larger team that is, that's far more comfortable for me and for other people it's nerve-wracking mm-hmm. right but yeah I also know that I would I would have some struggles it, things would have to be really tough for me to leave my hometown to work on people because I feel like part of the thing that reduces the amount of time I'm spending with the patients is that that there is like a flavor that you have with the population that you serve and a flavor that you have with the zone that you're working with. Right. So, you know, people will say things and like, oh, that's very familiar to me. Right. I know that song. Right. I know that song. So I've already got all of these protocols. Yeah. You have, you know, the patterns that are common Mm -hmm. in your area and with your population. Yeah. Not to say that there's not exceptions to the rule. There certainly is, but that's, there are there are things I'm just I'm used to seeing this pattern and then I offer this and then we have success. Right. Well, that's the yeah. Which, in all honesty, <laughs> I mean that's a modern medical mat, uh, model mm-hmm. for herbalism because that's what modern medicine does is it looks for patterns and then applies what's been successful in the past. Isn't that what herbs is, do too? They do, and they do, and in herbalism, that where people do the, like the longer intakes, they're looking for larger patterns. They're not mm-hmm. stripping away and making as fast assumptions. But for what you're doing, it makes sense. Spending right. an hour and a half with someone in one of your pop, one of the folks in your population, mm-hmm. are is probably not going to hurt them. Of course, it'll be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. But honestly, they've got needs right at the surface that need to be addressed, right. and that's really. It's surface. It's always addressing the surface, yeah. Because the surface is so battered, and they they just need a they need a roof, and I don't have a yeah. I don't have an herb for that. Yeah. But it. I also, if you, I think that small town practitioners mm-hmm. probably have the same kind of thing where they'll have people go through and and because they know the town so well, that right. reduces the time for talking about it you know we know each other so well right so you know you don't it would be nice to have that long time to talk to people but right you know you already already kind of have an understanding of of what what goes on and not to say that at the clinic that I serve I don't end up having these very very long conversations your conversations are just spread across months as they come back week after week and you have Mm. you know your 15 or 20 minutes or whatever it is you can do per person, but you have a a continuing. Yeah. So eventually you get deeper into what their issues are perhaps. Right. And I spend a lot more time with my patients than other people do with their hour long visit because it's just like you said, it's 15 minutes here and next week it's another 15 minutes. And then I might Mm -hmm. see them in the middle of the week. Right. So that adds up really fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when folks are doing the longer consults, like the ones that I do, I end up looking, we look at the surface, but then we start looking at the deeper roots 
immediately. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that it, that's like the jumping board for further consults and longer work. And a lot of times that ends up healing things that perhaps have been an issue for years. Yeah. Um, but it's not triage. I mean, triage is different. If someone comes in and they're bleeding profusely, you don't really care right. whether or not they had a hard time with bullying when they were in high school. Right. That's right. irrelevant to the current moment. Mm-hmm. So you deal with the current moment. And that's what you have to deal with when for the population you're serving. Mm-hmm. So there are patterns that are common and obvious, and you just deal with that. You just apply the herbs because you saw the beginning of the pattern. Yeah. And then after a few visits, you might get to the next layer. Yeah. Eventually you might get to the fact that that bullying is actually causing chronic digestive issues that made it really hard to hold a job. Mm -hmm. And that's why they ended up where they are. Yeah. But that can take many months to get there. And with some of the folks that I'm working with, I've been working with them for so many years and some of the stuff, like I've seen these kids as children, you know, and now they're, Young they're adults. in their twenties. Yeah. Young and adults and yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that I always am eager to listen. Yeah. But there's a lot of context that I have the the luxury of already having. Yeah. Which makes it a lot easier to, to help them out. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that medical modern medical medicine lost when it stopped having house calls and mm-hmm. you know, doctors actually spending time with their patients. Yeah. And I kind of wonder about that too with the uh, herbal consultants, because bringing somebody into your place, people do behave very differently. Mm-hmm. In my, the consulting that I do, I'm going to other people's places and mm-hmm. I really get a lot more context working with the uh, diabetic patients. And, you know, they're, because I'm sitting right there, I can see the food that they're eating and then I'm looking around and seeing, oh, that furniture could use some pipe insulation around it because I bet you bonked your foot on it several times. And since you have your diabetes, it's caused some neuropathy in your feet. Right. So you're not feeling it. And that can cause mm-hmm. that can cause huge problems, problems in the future. Yeah. So just go to go to the hardware store and get yeah. some zip ties and pipe insulation and it's not gonna look pretty, but having a ripped up foot is not good either. Right. So just little I mean, that's a an uh an odd example, but little things yeah. like that that aren't necessarily herbal, but they are helpful in treating mm-hmm. those yeah. that we help. Herbal medicine is more than just plants. Yes. Right? And that's one of the things that Nick hit on too, is that, you know, the medicine isn't just one, it's not just a specific plant or a specific diet or mm-hmm. a specific sleep ritual. It's all of the things. Yeah. It goes it's, way beyond the monographs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how he talked about the plants that are in the place that you're in. That, you know, working with the plants of the place is powerful medicine. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, and he was talking a lot about how they're, they have their own voices and then putting it together in a, a, a jungle where you've got a community of plants all together. That that's, yeah. that's its own, that's its own creature. Right, right. Becomes an organism. Yeah. It's it's 
it's like being in touch with something so much larger than ourselves. And it's in the city, it's hard to remember that that something is always there. I mean, it's here in the city too. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've covered it up with so many layers of other things. Mm -hmm. Trying to control it as it were with landscaping, et cetera. Like when we were like now uh, for listeners that might have heard a little bit different uh, information when I was talking about Occupy Medical, but we're now in a building, but before we were out underneath a bridge in a bus. Yeah. And even in that where it's, we are literally in the dirt Yeah, and uh, just looking around at this park that had an attempt at landscaping. I'm still seeing that St. John's wort, that's wild lettuce. Yeah, and I'm seeing these plants that I know very well. Yarrow was yeah. growing there. I know very well and I'm using and talking to some folks while I'm sitting on the grass to them and then turning around going, that's that, that dandelion right there. That's, you know, that's what we're looking for. (laughs) Right. So, you know, they, I'm not necessarily telling them to wildcraft it, but having, like it made it real for people to have it more than just in a tincture bottle. Yeah. You know, it's easy to forget as herbalists, because we do make, we make our medicines, we have our tinctures, we often purchase a, a some, if not all of our herbal med or herbals, herbs from mm-hmm. um, groups like Mountain Rose Herbs, companies that, you know, hopefully do a wonderful job of taking good care of the earth as they um, provide us with this. But many of us don't have access to be able to go out into the wild and and do the wild crafting, and mm-hmm. it's easy to start losing connection with the plants that are around you. But the reality is it's the plants that are around you that are so important. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation, wonderful conversation, with an herbalist very recently, and she was telling me about how agrimony was coming up in her yard oh, over yes, and over. And, oh, and no matter what she did to get rid of it, it wouldn't go away. And I just looked at her. I'm like, well, that's because you need agrimony. And in fact, she is someone who I think needs agrimony. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, maybe you should go buy some agrimony and start using it. And I bet you agrimony will not be as insistent about showing up in your yard as well. Were you using you know? that energetically or? Well, she needs agrimony? it. She needs, she needs not just at the energy of it, but I mean, I mean, what's the difference, really, energetically? Uh, Oh, well, uh, I guess in my mind, I think about if someone has um, a medical issue and they're using a plant like for a kidney or dandelion, sure, you know, then using it a a little more clinically as energetically, I think that is a, a deeper layer. So they might have other things going on with them medically, but there's also some other stuff that um, is manifesting for them emotionally and, you know, on a historic level as well. Right. Yeah. What I've noticed with the people I've worked with anyway, is that the emotional manifests in the physical sometimes first and sometimes the physical creates the emotional, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem, it seems like they're both so intertwined at least in the folks I've worked with. And in this particular case of this particular herbalist, she, as far as I can tell, we were not doing an intake or anything like that, mm-hmm. but just, just it was a chat. Right? Yeah, it was a chat, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the things going on in her life physically, as well as emotionally and all that would 
being really well supported by agrimony. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm looking at it going, well, the land is telling you which medicine to use. Try using it. Try mm-hmm. using it in any and all forms that it shows up in. Mm-hmm. You know, make it into tea and drink it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have access to flower essences, grab the, you know, agrimony flower essence and add it to your water every day. Mm-hmm. See what happens, you know. A lot of times the stuff that we really need shows up, you mm-hmm. know. Well, it sure is a bounty that we got here, but that pales in comparison to what Nick was talking about right. in the jungle. Right. You know, it's funny, too, as you say that. And I was just reading a, an advanced copy of a book that we'll author will hopefully be getting to. Oh, yes. Mystery, mystery. Yes. I can't, we can't talk too much about it. Right. But I can tell you the author's name is uh, Sarah Chana Silverstein. And I was reading a story in there where she's talking in, in the book that the advanced copy we've got. She's talking about being in Brooklyn and looking for the medicine in her neighborhood mm-hmm. and how when someone suggested she do that at first, she was like, it's Brooklyn. It's a lot of cement. Grows here. A lot of cement and asphalt and mm-hmm. buildings and steel. And the herbalist was like, no, go take a look. Mm-hmm. You know, and she she doesn't the story she tells is much better than what the way I'm relating it. But the truth is that even in the concrete jungle, there's plants. They're there. Mm-hmm. And they do call our attention when we need them, if we're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And it's harder, I think, in the city and in the concrete jungle to listen because we have so many distractions there. We as a species have created so many distractions there. You get out into the jungle where Nick and his crew were helping with healing, and the jungle is so loud. You, right. You have no choice. You can't ignore it. And the folks that he was working with in the sacred science were people who really needed to have no choice. Mm-hmm. They needed that powerful medicine that just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna stand aside. Right. One thing that I was thinking about that would be a distraction for me is you were saying there's 65,000 plant species. <laughs> right. You'd be wanting that. to key them all out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm grasping at my heart. And here in the Willamette Valley, I think it's closer to like 16,000. Right. You know, that most of them are introduced. But finding something like I got ones that I, I'll be driving by and I'm, oh, I know who you are, you know. Yep. And I recognize old familiar faces easily, but. Oh my gosh, that having so many there would, that's a lot of, that's a lot of information. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a place where for sure, I think you would want to have a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And, you know, just start small, just work on five herbs at a time. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I think that would lend to being overwhelming. Whereas in the city, you know, the species you're going to find the most is your persons, your people. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's its own brand of medicine, too. Yeah, the people that come into your life and the animals that come into your life and show up have mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot of medicine there, mm-hmm. a lot of clues into what's going on, what you're projecting into the world, what you're thinking about, what your intentions are. All of those things can be highlighted by the people in your life. Just by looking at who they are and what messages do they carry. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's an interesting way of looking at things because I always have that kind of, I walk into the other way. Like what is, rather than thinking, what are the things that this message, person is sending as a message for me? What mm-hmm. are the messages this person is trying to put, put out for themselves? Right. And uh, that's its own little, that might be why I, I, I need to get space from people sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah, well. they're, you know, I never assume anybody's thinking about me or, or whatever. I always just figure they're, maybe I have a negative view of people that they're just, they're dealing with their own thing. Well, I think people, a lot of most people are, but the message that I see in the people around me is recognizing what are the things going on for them? What are the energies they're carrying? Those are the energies that are being drawn into my life. Hmm. Are these the energies I want in my life or are they not? Mm -hmm. Why are they being drawn into my life? Sometimes it's because this is an energy that I know how to work with and these are the people, the people with that energy need my help so I can help them. And I can offer whatever it is I need to offer to help them with whatever they're working on. But sometimes it's, well, this 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 group of people are coming into my life and they're carrying an energy I don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to look at myself and say, why is that being drawn into my life? Yeah, why is that a sore spot? Yeah. You know, or is it something that I recognize and just I choose I choose no. Yeah, choose not to deal with that. That's well, more complicated than I want to deal with. Thanks for the offer. Uh, mm-hmm. No sale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the boundary. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes that's exactly what it is: is the universe giving you an opportunity to practice clean boundaries? Because mm-hmm. as healers, that is key to us being able to do our work well: is taking care of our boundaries properly. If you don't take care of your boundaries in general, but especially as a healer, you hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. If you hurt yourself, then what good are you? You know, a broken hammer, it's really hard to hammer if the hammer doesn't have a handle Mm -hmm. or the handle's shortened because it's busted. That's not a useful tool. Right. You know, if I'm going to be a useful tool in healing and helping people heal, I need to take care of myself so that I am the best I can be. And you really need to figure out how to pull compassion and sort of bitterness out of the lessons that mm-hmm. have been available to you. And that's a, I think that's a constant issue that I struggle with is I, I always need to learn to be better at being compassionate. And mm-hmm. sometimes I, I walk through the the swamp of bitterness. What's well, interesting. And sometimes I stay there. What's well, interesting you say that because the place that we first process our emotion really is in our stomach, you know, our experiences. You've heard the expression, oh, I can't stomach that. Uh-huh. And it refers to a situation that you just really can't deal with. It's because you can't process it. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you need to process something in your stomach? You need your bitters. Mm-hmm. You need to really get the digestive juices flowing. So when you are constantly confronted with issues that you're noticing you've got a lot of bitterness about, Maybe there's something there you haven't fully digested, and that's why it keeps coming back up, mm-hmm. asking for you to redigest it and look at it and figure it out like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably another angle yeah. that you haven't noticed. And once you find those things, things like finding the heart, the compassion and the heart in things, it suddenly, 
you realize the lesson and what made you feel bitter and angry before suddenly doesn't Mm -hmm. because you realize whatever the lesson was, you've, you've got it. Mm -hmm. And that makes it sweet. It's suddenly digested and it's building. Sweet is the flavor of building, um, body and, and muscle and all of that. A lot of the, um, the nutritive herbs that we work with, mm-hmm. the ones like that nettle and oat, milk, milky oats. Yeah, there's yeah. there often is a component of sweet in there. Like you think about molasses oh, being molasses. one of those one that's mm-hmm. really good at helping your body accept Iron. and hold nutrients, nutrition, mm-hmm. and build its tissues. You know, so sweet is often used that way, and sweet is also connected with the heart. Hmm. Well. Once in a while, though, I just tell myself, "I'm really gonna be pissed." <laughs> That's it. Like I got, I got no more bandwidth to deal with this. So there, yeah, that's my lesson. Mm-mm. Yeah, and, I mean, honestly, uh-uh. anger is a beautiful, like, little flag that says, "Oh, boundary was crossed." Yeah. <laughs> you know, this guy's out for let no you good. know. And sometimes it's just you know, deal with that boundary. Yeah, talk to say my no. hand. Just say no. Mm-hmm. Well, I was uh, appreciative of the place that the interview on or on our lab um, podcast, sorry, on our podcast 150, where Nick brought us. And is the, I, it's funny because even though I saw his movie first, the Sacred Science movie first, mm-hmm. it, I felt like his, the book, the Sacred Science book, was actually very different. It was. It was a different journey. It was his personal journey more so than the movie was. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was his personal way of going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you didn't have the distance of the camera. Yeah. The documentary filmmaker is supposed to have that sort of distance and he talked a little bit about how that distance sort of dissolved in the jungle Mm -hmm. because the distance is completely artificial Mm -hmm. and the jungle knows that so the jungle's not gonna put up with that but in the book he didn't even pretend to have that distance he was right there in it yeah he was really honest and forthright with it yeah well we definitely you'll look look for a review of this book on our website Mm -hmm. It's, it's a common folks and we're back from vacation Vacation, hiatus. Hiatus. Because I don't know about you, but I wasn't vacationing as much as I might have liked. Next year, maybe we should go on a cruise. What do you think, Patrick? Nah. Cruise? No cruise. cruise. Month long? No cruise. How about a month long journey across Europe? Fine, but no cruise. We could go hike in Peru. No cruise. You don't like no water? No, I don't like cruise ships. Oh, okay. (laughs) Too many things happen Ah. on cruise ships. You saw the Titanic at the... No, I've seen dysentery, and I've seen all of the other nastiness <laughs> that happens on cruise ships. I'm not going to go on a cruise ship okay. ever. Yeah. No, thank um, you. No, no, thank you. No <laughs> Five thousand people do not need to be on a ship to re, um, for uh, rest and relaxation. That's a recipe for disaster. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know they There's do a that. Disaster in, movie, right? Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. I know they yeah. do that. And, sure. You know, in the Navy with an aircraft carrier, but you know, they they have order and rules there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of strictness like there. Yeah, I'm, okay. no, 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 no. Too many, too many stories. Um, I would take a a small charter somewhere. That'd be fun, but oh, no uh, cruise ships. I don't know. I saw that that um, what was the name of that movie with 
Paul Newman in oh, it. Oh, all is all, all is, is lost. lost. I'm not sure if I can handle going across the ocean on a tiny boat. Don't go. <laughs> don't go with Paul Newman. But no, definitely not. The, we're in new digs. People that have discerning ears. Whilst we were, whilst y'all were missing us, and we were showing, showing, we were. Well, Patrick, mm-hmm. the royal we being Patrick, was putting up some of these re-airs. We're now in a recording studio, and people that have a good ear for things might notice the lack of ambient noise. Yeah. I have thought seriously about adding some ambient noise. Yes. Don't. Don't you guys think that would be a great idea? Don't. I mean, we could listen to, you know, the train. Wouldn't that be nice? That would you could be just nice. do you some train in, that the in the background. I think that'd be nice. No, no. Well, I think if you want to make it homey, we'd have stuff to have a parrot. We'd okay. have to have a dog. And oh, we, we'd have to. We'd, it's birds. See? See? And then. Birds. Right. And then we could also have the screaming four wheel drive diesel yes. truck that goes in front of our house every that time we record. I don't yeah. have, surprisingly. Right. Oh. I do have pirate ship, though. Oh, okay. Pirate ship. I think it's going to remind cruise ship. You better turn that off. It's going to freak know. him out. Before right. we have disinterest. I'd rather be on a pirate out. ship than on a, <laughs> on, a, on a cruise ship. No, I haven't heard good things about vacations on pirate ships. I'm just saying, oh. fewer people. You know. I don't know. I just spoke to someone who is on a, a pirate? Te- on a teaching ship that looks like a pirate ship. And it sounded like she has an amazing time out there. Hmm. Well, one thing that we haven't covered in all of this, I, mean, I know we, we probably need to make a um, sponsorship break or a, a word from our sponsor. So, yeah. so oh. for this moment, I'll say, and now a word from our sponsor. Now a word from Thomas Easley about the Journal of Functional Herbalism. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional Western herbalism, clinical nutrition, and functional medicine. It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. Hey, and we're back. So what I was thinking before the sponsor break was um, there was an herbalist over our hiatus period in the summer yes, we that had, you wanted to mention and talk about it and revolving around yeah. the sacred science. Actually, yeah, we did. Um, there was a lot of spiritual work that was done on behalf of both Jim McDonald and Mimi Hernandez. Oh, mm-hmm. It was pretty, that was pretty incredible, I thought, watching mm-hmm. the herbal community, you know, come together and yeah. there was people doing prayers and sending energy and doing all this sacred work, as well as a whole bunch of different herbalists. Thomas Easley went out there. Rosalie de la Forêt went out there. Uh, Margie Flint went out there. And when I, you say there, like they're they out went, Scotland. There, being they Scotland, went, okay. being out to Scotland. I mean, they flew, flew. They just like stopped working and flew all the way out to Scotland to help Jim and his family um, help him through his heart attack, you know, right. mm-hmm. help him usher him to the door of death and back really. And the back part was really mm-hmm. important. I was pretty amazed. And it was, it was heartwarming to watch our community come together and Mimi Hernandez, I believe it was a gallbladder removal. I think if I remember correctly, no, she was really hurting. Yeah. She was in the hospital. Oh. She went through horribly painful surgery. I'm sure. I've got to, every surgery sounds horribly painful to me. Yeah, so. it's 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 not I mean, it's not fun. I was but important. Yeah, I I admit that I have had more personal contact with Jim than with Mimi, so I tend I was paying more attention to Jim, but 
it's only because I've taken a class from him. Right. Whereas I haven't yet from Mimi, but it was, it was just, to me, it was amazing to watch. I mean, they had GoFundMe campaigns and people donated. Mm-hmm. We donated. Practical yeah, Herbalist we did. did. We helped, you know, did our best to help out. Jeez, Candace, you were daily. Weren't you reading Shel Silverstein poems <laughs> daily? Jim McDonald probably doesn't even want to hear the name Shel Silverstein again. <laughs> uh, yeah, every day Candace would call the whatever voicemail thing they had and she'd leave a, she'd read a poem. Yeah, Aww. Thomas Thomas easily had set up a voicemail system for folks to leave messages that he would then play to Jim. And That's so nice. I was like, what could I do? I mean, it's not like we're besties. So right. he's not going to want to hear anything about my life. And I can say the same things that other people will be saying, but he's going to get so many good well wishes. Mm. And he'll get updates about what's going on back home in Michigan, which I don't know. I'm on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. So I thought, Shel Silverstein, that's mm-hmm. what I'll do. Yeah. So I read, read some of my favorite Shel Silverstein poems from Where the Sidewalk Ends and um, Falling Up. And what was the other one? I forgot the name of the other book. Um, Light in the Attic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. When my grandma was going through her hard time, we start. My mom started us all on the Boxcar Kids series. Nice, because uh, read that for her. Yeah, we each read nice. a, a chapter, and it, it ended up being a extended thing. So it's a really mm-hmm. long series. That's a good thing. Yeah, because it went for several years, but that really brought her joy. Yeah, I was getting to the point where I'm like, um, I'm going to run out of Shel Silverstein poems, and then what am I going to do? You sing A Boy Named Sue. <laughs> I could. Mm-hmm. Just about. Yeah. I mean, I think the interesting thing about all of it, I mean, no one wants to go through that no. ever. But I think I keep thinking, had he had that problem here? Oh, my I, God. That would have destroyed I mean, his family. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the hard part for me. It's, you know, I'm I, no one wants to have a heart attack and open heart surgery and all the stuff that he had went through. And I mean, the, the care he received in Scotland was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a 24 hour a doctor assigned to him, you know, a nurse caregiver assigned to him. They didn't leave. They were always there. There wasn't yeah. all the shifting and different people coming in and out. And it just, in the financially, it was expensive. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But it was a third of what it would have cost here. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Easily. And and he recovered. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I, I get it. Just you know, soapbox. But I get tired of people saying that we have the best medical system and da da. No, yeah. I don't think we do. And I question that. We I pay way too much that. and get too little results out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my soapbox. I'll get off now. Well, that's a soapbox I live and die on. I'll tell you what. You know, I don't just know. Care for all model. I've been watching Grey's Anatomy, and I've been thinking, "Wow, wouldn't it be nice if it was even sort of like that?" I mean, they go in there and they're making decisions about people's care, and nobody, like in one episode, finally in season five, there's a woman who's fighting with the insurance company. I'm like, "Yeah, in a hundred plus episodes, that's the first time someone says, yeah. "Hey." This might cost something. Oh my gosh! You yeah. know, and they're, yeah, they're and their decisions are yeah, I they're mean, willy nilly. You know, brain surgery and mm-hmm. let's do this and let's do happens. that, and it's like, no, it's not it's the way not this the happens. Way no, the insurance company decides most of the decisions about care because it's what they're going to pay for, and if they won't pay for it, mm-hmm. who can afford it? A huge chunk <laughs> of a doctor's time is sitting there arguing, begging. Yeah. Begging with insurance company to get right. care for the patient that they have. Pre-authorization yeah. is now the new way to press 
even though a doctor writes a prescription, they have to additionally go and argue with the insurance company and say, okay, I wrote the prescription and I approve of this message. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right, Sue. Yeah. We, um, our son has to go through procedure in the next week, week and a half. And uh, the person that we met at the at the doctor's office, you know, we go through the whole thing, met with the doctor, the surgeon, the whole thing. And then mm -hmm. we sat down and she's like, you know, oftentimes the insurance company will say no to this. Mm -hmm. She said, we'll fight that. Don't worry. We will fight yeah. it. It will be done. But yeah. she said, I'm like, man, you got to fight that? Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah. okay, great. You know, so – well, Sue, so, uh, leave it to you to break the uh, on, uh, awesomeness of our studio <laughs> with your phone ringing. <laughs> I thought I'd turn this off. Well, in the midst phone. of all the racket, normally disturbed. you can hear. Yeah, normally we can hear in the midst of the <laughs> big room the and the racket. Of everything. I now said, it's so do quiet. Not uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know how to work my new phone. Yeah, all right. Sorry. All right. Well, anyway. We'll so uh, I just thought that was interesting that they said, we will fight them. I'm like, yeah. why wow. should you have to fight them? <laughs> Who's That's in charge? So wrong. Yeah. Wait, I give them money to right. give to you and you have to fight them to use my money. Right. right. Hold That's, on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if, That's yeah. bad capitalism. Right. If the, if the <laughs> physician is the yes. end all be all decision maker. They're saying, supposed to be the yeah, experts. This is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've gone through the school. They've gone right. through the stuff. They're supposed to do the stuff. And then, oh, wow, I, I, it's just, okay, well, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, they're supposed go to have gone through the school. They're supposed to be the experts. Right, they're supposed and, to be the people. And and instead, it's the bean counters at the insurance company Saying that are making the this. decisions. Yeah. We just have a terrible system here, and I just, yeah, I wish it would change, but until yes, we yes. get enough people that want to make it change, it won't change. That's right. Yeah. We've got too many people that are in denial. And once they get sick, that's when they figure out, oh. And that's yeah. also when they no longer have the energy to get out and vote, talk to their commerce people, say, no, this is Well, ridiculous. they feel defeated. They yeah. feel defeated. They feel like there's They're nothing vulnerable. they can do. They're but vulnerable. it's a system we made, so it's a system we can fix. Mm -hmm. yeah. Many people are sold a bad bill of goods. All right. Um, so... You can reach us on um, Facebook. You can reach us on Instagram. Yeah, or apparently you can just call me on my phone, and no matter and, what I do, no silence it will continue what, to what ring. Be, so. Yeah, um, we're on all the social medias. Uh, make sure to reach out if you have any questions, comments. Let us know. And uh, until next time, I guess um, put, put, put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration (FDA) and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.